I'm WSB's Eric Erickson. Atlanta's evening news is coming up at 5. Between now and then, if there's a traffic red alert, breaking news, severe weather alerts, the WSB 24-hour breaking news center will not hesitate to break in. And we'll have more during Atlanta's evening news from 5 to 7. Depend on it. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C., and the one and only Jamie Dupree is here. How are you, sir? Hey, Sean, how are you doing today? Always good to talk to you. All right, I want to play Hillary from yesterday, and then I want to play Hillary in an interview with um, John Gambling, because there's so much being played in the media, you would think she always thought this way. And this is no, that's not the case. Well, among some of the articles I'm reading, some of the liberal media are friends. They are, are not clearly as informed as you are. So let's listen to what she's saying now. Oftentimes, when I have conversations with people who are fearful about immigration reform, their fears are rooted in the feeling that they're losing jobs that are going to people who are undocumented. And part of the reason that fear has a reality to it is because if people can pay you $6 an hour because you're undocumented, then why would they pay somebody who already is a citizen what the minimum wage or the prevailing wage should be. So my argument is the quicker we can legalize the people who are here, the better the job market will be for everybody because you will not have a group of people who are taken advantage of and you will not have others who feel as though, and to some extent it's true, are losing jobs because this group that is being taken advantage of is paid so much less and treated so much worse. So. My argument to people who worry about comprehensive immigration reform and the effect on their jobs is it's just the opposite. The sooner we can get to legalization, the better the job market will be for everybody because then employers will not be able to uh, violate the laws, the, the wage and hour laws, for example, because they're not dealing with a workforce that is scared to say anything. Today, not a single Republican candidate announced or potential is clearly and consistently supporting a path to citizenship, not one. When they talk about legal status, that is code for second-class status. Ah, now that's not the Hillary from before. Here she is before. We've got to do several things, and I am, you know, adamantly against illegal immigrants. I made this exception basically on humanitarian grounds because of the individual stories, but certainly we've got to do more at our borders, and people have to stop employing illegal immigrants. Come up to Westchester, go to Suffolk and Nassau counties, stand in the street corners on, in Brooklyn or the Bronx. You're going to see loads of people waiting to get picked up to go do yard work and construction work and domestic work. You know, it, this is not a problem that the people who are coming into the country are solely responsible for. They Senator wouldn't is... be coming if we didn't put them to work. Isn't that such a difference, Jamie? Well, look, I, I think on some things she has changed. One of them was on the driver's license issue back in 2008. She was against that idea. I think if I remember correctly, Governor Spitzer at the time mm -hmm. was considering uh, issuing driver's licenses to people in the U.S. illegally. She came out against it. Last year, I think she was running afoul of some immigration activists on her thoughts on dreamers. You know, but the bottom line, I think, is she not only decided to embrace the Obama immigration actions yesterday, she decided to up the ante. And say it, that she would go ahead and, and allow there, even more people to be uh, to not be deported and to get on a pathway to U.S. citizenship, certainly going uh, even further than what President Obama wanted to do. Isn't it called pandering? Isn't it called isn't it everything that people despise about 
politics, though, to have such a, a radical 180 shift in opinion? I wouldn't call it a 180 shift because she's certainly always been for immigration reform and not in a way that a lot of Republicans but so would on very fundamental it. issues that it's the most of what you've mentioned here. She has changed her mind. Sure. And look, I mean, there's been a number of changes that have occurred. Uh, you, you look at some of the ways that she's uh, going against what uh, her husband did when he was president. Then mm-hmm. again, Democrats have changed an awful lot on issues like gay marriage and more in recent years as well. So I think that she will be roundly attacked by Republicans. But if you look at this strategically right now, it is obvious to me that this big jump by her to not only grab onto the Obama immigration actions, but vow to make them to expand them even more to protect more people, that they have decided in the Clinton camp that they think that immigration is a big time wedge issue for them against the Republicans in 2016. You could tell by the way they were, uh, you know, hounding it on social media today that they're going to keep after it. I think that what they hope big time would they be would be able to on the Clinton side drag Republicans into a battle with her back and forth on immigration. I, you know, both parties I think look at this issue and think it plays to them. Obviously, it can't help both of them at the same time. Probably there's got to be a, uh, an, an edge somewhere. But clearly, from what she rolled out yesterday, I think they've decided that uh, they will go, uh, in a sense, whole hog on this one and certainly look to uh, try to put Republicans on the defense. I, I could see the ca- I, I don't know. I can see the campaign ads now. I mean, I think, look, on the issues of honesty and trustworthiness, she's way underwater. And I think that puts any candidate who wants elective office in a very difficult position. Um, so we'll have to see how that plays out. But I can see the campaign ads. I'm sure you can picture them as well. Um, Now, the State Department Freedom of Information Act official tells senators that Hillary's email practices were, quote, not acceptable. Yeah, this was an interesting hearing today. It was a regular hearing about Freedom of Information Act stuff. And I listened in just thinking, hey, maybe somebody will ask. And yes, my my gut was right. They had the State Department FOIA official there, Freedom of Information Act. And uh, Senator John Cornyn of Texas and Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina sort of took her through some theoreticals. Let's say you got a federal worker and that federal worker doesn't want to use their their work email. And they set up their own personal email server for work. Would that be all right? And you, you could tell that the State Department official, she really didn't want to get involved in, in uh, slamming Hillary Clinton or anything like that. But what she basically said was that Mrs. Clinton's email setup while she was Secretary of State was considered not acceptable under the current guidelines that are there. As Republicans use today's hearing again to accuse the Secretary of State of basically a premeditated and deliberate effort to avoid open records requirements to avoid having her emails be you know, searchable and, and looked through not only by journalists, but by others filing Freedom of Information Act requests. So, I mean, they didn't get a big time condemnation, but it certainly, again, I, I think uh, buttressed their arguments more than anything else that what she did was not standard operating procedure. Um, it's getting worse for her. I talked about this yesterday a little bit, the, the Boston, uh, well, I think it was the Herald, that uh, mentioned that the Democrats are now looking for a plan B uh, we just found out via political, uh, Politico and Hot Air that, in fact, just hours ago, news broke that Elizabeth Warren had a secret meeting with members of the Draft Warren for President movement. That now, she supposedly didn't realize it was with them, though, until after it was over. Well, they're, they they're reportedly saying that the presidency wasn't discussed, but then why else <laughs> would you be meeting with those people? I know. that It sort of seemed like an odd one to me. I know you're all jacked up about that uh, and about her not surviving, her being Hillary Clinton. But I just get the sense. I'm not jacked up about it. I'm actually I think she's a weakened candidate. And I can see the Democrats, you can see movement among Democrats and an unease that exists out there because this has not stopped since before she made the announcement. And I would argue she made the announcement when she did. She moved it up for the very purpose of putting, to push some competitors out of the way. 
You know, there were two new polls that have come out in the last day or so. One showed her dropping a little, one showed her going up some. And, you know, of course, both sides sort of cherry-picking the results uh, for them. Yeah, I see that, but you and I both know polls right now are meaningless. Um, I would say that uh, they are good indicators of where things are moving, and that was the odd part about it was each one showed a, a different way to go. I, I will grant you. Uh, it has not been the clean start for her that I'm sure a lot of Democrats would like. Then again, it is not May of 2016. It is May of 2015. So we'll see. Well, it's going to be very interesting if Elizabeth Warren gets She's in Warren California right now. She's raising money. Hillary is the next three days out there yeah. doing fundraisers there. I'm curious. Our top story is obviously what's happening. This We have this fatwa now on Pam Geller, who's going to join us in the next hour. And... Um, What's fascinating, if you look even at the Washington Post, Alapundin put this up on his website, that the event organizer offers no apology after a thwarted attack in Texas. Uh, if the contest was intended as bait, it worked. And so you have two people that drive a thousand miles from Phoenix. So here's my question. What are because it seems universal that the media is focused on Pam Geller. Pam Geller's position is we need to take a stand and not be cowered into not drawing cartoons because uh, some radical Islamists say we can't. That's the purpose that she's laid out and, and identified to me when I've interviewed her. Um, what? And then the media just seems fixated on blaming her for having a cartoon contest and not radicals that would react this way to a stupid cartoon. You know, I think it's interesting because the White House has not taken that step this week of uh, of training anything on her or or raising the flag of this wouldn't have happened if not for her decision. But to the president once said that the future does not belong to those who would slander the prophet. Remember that? Yeah, uh, but I the White House has gone out of its way this week uh, repeatedly, as we discussed yesterday, and they did it again in today's briefing to emphasize that no message, no matter how offensive deserve some kind of violent response. And so, you know, I, I, the, the, I, I'm surprised this week because is it that the White House has decided, I mean, they labeled this a terrorist attack right away, an attempted terrorist attack. There was none of the several days of what are they going to call it or anything like that. And so I, 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 would, I would love to know what the rationale behind the scenes was for that. What the White House told us today was U.S. intelligence agencies still trying to investigate this Islamic State claim you know, of whether or not they really were behind this. I think it still a lot of people believe it's more an aspirational thing, like uh, the Islamic State trying to glom onto it afterwards well, rather well, than it, that they, it, it uh, might be, it might not be. They claim credit for it, but I think this fatwa is definitely a real clear and present danger to her, and they're talking about, what, 70-some-odd ISIS members in America, and uh, they're in 15 states, and they name five of them. Yeah, in fact, we've got a hearing tomorrow. In fact, uh, the timing of this uh, was very good. I, I saw there's a hearing tomorrow on a Senate committee about the use of social media and the efforts to spur terrorist attacks and terrorism inside the United States. So we'll see if we hear anything more about some of those claims and some of those stats in that hearing tomorrow. You know, it's very interesting. Now the media is getting themselves in trouble. I noticed Chris Cuomo cited a 1942 Supreme Court case uh, you know, that established fi the fighting words doctrine, which is nice, but he kind of forgot the Westboro Baptist Church ruling, an eight to one ruling. And I can't find anybody as offensive as them and the things that they do. But the Supreme Court defended their right to do it. You know, and it reminds me, and as I was, I was looking through all that timeline of him going back and forth on Twitter, and it reminds me yeah. what I try never to do, and is that don't have fights with people on social media, because chances are you won't get your message out very well, and uh, you might even be wrong along the lines. You, I, I think you, you missed my fight with with Alec Baldwin back in the day. What do you <laughs> you missed that fight? I mean, I I think to me the the one thing that 
some people forget at times is that the First Amendment covers things you like and things you don't like. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, there are limits on the First Amendment. There absolutely are. But in many cases, there aren't. And I, I'm I'm amazed by some of the polls that show people in both parties that would support laws to restrict yeah, speech along these lines. But that's why I'm asking, because the media seems overwhelmingly uh, universal in their condemnation of, of Pam, Pam Geller and not the people that would kill because of a cartoon. And that, to me, is absurd. Well, all I can say is uh, there hasn't been much of a focus on Geller here in D.C. Maybe uh, uh, outside there has been, but not here in sort of the governmental halls. We have a lot of news out of Baltimore today. The former deputy Baltimore state attorney said Mosby's police charges are incompetent at best. The Baltimore mayor is now asking the Justice Department to investigate the police in Baltimore. And Elijah Cummings is on defense, insisting that Baltimore isn't the Democrats' fault. You know, uh, the the Baltimore mayor thing tomorrow we're going to have, in fact, the attorney general up on the hill as well at a regularly scheduled budget hearing. I'm sure she'll be asked a number of questions about the situation in Baltimore. You know, the, the federal investigation of police in her city, I mean, it would seem like that's sort of one of those things that either they urged the mayor to ask for that or they agreed to it behind the scenes and, and she went out and did that today. I'm not sure what exactly it'll bring, but probably more than anything else, it will shift the responsibility for figuring out if there are any ills inside to the feds and away from local and state officials. You know, I, I think bottom line on it as to what the answer is, I don't think anybody knows what the answer is, but I know that a lot of Republicans are definitely fed up with what they think has been a an emphasis on social programs that they don't believe have worked. I think I saw something That's from Jim obvious. Bush. They got, they got $1.8 trillion in, the, in stimulus money, but uh, we're, we're running out of time here. Yeah, Jamie Jeb Dupree. Bush said something along those lines. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Sean. All right, Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington. All right, it's now officially last minute. Mother's Day is this weekend. And you think of all the wonderful things your mom has done for you, and this is her one special day of the year, maybe besides her birthday, where you get to say, hey, Mom, I love you. I care for you. Thank you for all you've done for me. Happy Mother's Day. And put a smile on their face. Sherry's Berries is going to ha- help you do that they have the these giant delicious hand-picked freshly dipped strawberries and white milk and dark chocolatey goodness with their special toppings and swizzle and it's only 19.99 that's it a 40 percent savings this is good for all of the moms in your life you can see how beautiful they are when you go to berries b-e-r-r-i-e-s.com click on the microphone type in my last name hannity and now you can double this is today only i was able to talk them into extending this offer for you my listeners for one day you can double the berries for only five dollars more all right so you get the best the juiciest, most delicious berries dipped in white milk and dark chocolatey goodness for mom, for all the moms on your list this Mother's Day. The only way to get this amazing deal and double the berries for five bucks more uh, is you go to berries, B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com, click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, type in my last name, Hannity, or you can call 866-FRUIT-02 and mention my last name, and uh, that's all you have to do. And why are you doing this? Because Sunday is Mother's Day. And you want to tell all the moms in your life, thank you for all the good things they have done for you and do for you every day. It's that simple. It's something you've got to do to make them happy. And then you'll come off as a great, wonderful, generous person. All right, quick break. We'll come back. When we come back, Governor Rick Perry, then Pam Geller will join us to respond to the fatwa on her head. And then we'll check in with Taya Kyle, the wife of Chris Kyle, American Sniper. Straight ahead.